Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. It is a new semester and we have started a new series on the book of Ephesians. Today, Jacob continues our series by talking through Ephesians chapter 4. How great is it to be in the great family of God? This message was recorded on February 2nd, 2023 at the Columbine Suites at the UC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are, leave as a new creation. Y'all. Good evening, Chi Alpha. That's better. How are we doing tonight? Good, good. Well, we got a couple announcements before we get to our sermon. Thanks, Hassie. And yeah, first one up is prayer meetings. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, guys. So we are praying every week uh, at Tuesday. It, the picture gets closer and closer. It's like at this point, it's just my nose. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're moving. Oh, we're going straight to contact table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah prayer meetings every Tuesday. Uh, we're going to the CC upstairs. You go straight through these doors in the picture and uh, it's right across. It's room 2200. Uh, yeah. So come pray with us. Yeah, that's right. And so next is contact it. table. Nice. All right, guys, every single Wednesday, we're, we're meeting here at UNC for a contact table. That's from 930 to 1230. And then every yeah. single Thursday, we're meeting at Ames. And that's from 10 to 1. So, guys, if, you, if you're around, if you don't have class, or if you're in between classes, come say hi. Come hang out. It's a great yeah. way to meet students, especially, hey, you small group leaders, great way to build your small group by going to contact table. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not just contact table. At this time, you can meet up with other staff members or other students and go eat lunch with them. We're usually right next to the eating area. So that's also a great way to meet students is if, you, if you want to hang out with us. We're always getting lunch with uh, new students. So That's right. Next yeah. we have... T-shirts! I would explain again how good they are, but, I mean, look at Mark wearing this, man. Like, come on. You ever see, like, how good a T-shirt looks at the mall and, like, it's just really the mannequin behind it? Like, that's Mark in this photo. You think it's the mannequin, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, get a T-shirt. Yes, only $10, guys. That's a discount. That's a steal. These are really great T-shirts. We love them. All right, next. What we got? We have the Galentine's Day. And the mandate. <laughs> okay, guys. So the so guys, we need a headcount ASAPs for for the for our for our mandate. We're gonna be able to serve the ladies. Uh, uh, we're gonna get, be able to serve them food, and then afterwards we get to go to the dude's house and uh, Halo Land party. Come on, who doesn't want that? Yeah. Right? No, yeah. Seriously. But ladies, you guys are going to be. St- this is gonna be at Greeley First Assembly. And the and what you guys are doing is you're going to be having a relationship panel where it's just going to be the ladies and you guys are going to be able to send in your questions and have any questions about relationships. Uh, there you're going to have a lovely pl- uh, panel and be able to answer anything that you'd like. All right, all right, that'll be fun. Next, what else we got? Oh, after, dark. after dark. Yeah, we're doing that Zoe's guys. Woo! Yeah, so Zoe's is open till midnight now, so we can go to Zoe's, get some coffee if you're into coffee at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and we're going to do some board games. Is someone bringing games? Yes. Who wants to bring? Yeah, bringing board games? All right, yeah, yeah. So grab some food, uh, head over to Zoe's, and uh, if you guys help us pack up, we can get there sooner. So. That's right. Come on. We get tacos pretty quickly. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Next. Well, we have our offering tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. This is a great way to continue in our in our worship is not only by our praise but also by our giving. And the giving doesn't go to any of the staff members. It goes to it goes right back to you guys. What makes this uh, ministry functional and every uh, everything that we get to do, like Galentines and mandate, you know, that's uh, that that comes from the offering. So I'm going to pray over the offering tonight. Uh, we take uh, Venmo or credit card. Just scan the QR code right there, and it'll be really easy to give. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we get to serve you with our money. We know that you don't need our money, but that we trust you with our money, and that we trust you because you're worth it. In the name we pray. Amen. Amen.
All right, next. Yeah, so finally, you guys can catch us on uh, social media. So if you guys have any of these platforms, feel free to listen to any sermons you guys miss. I know it's a, it's a busy life being a student, so uh, if you miss large group, go ahead and check out our, uh, our sermons online. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook for any follow-ups on events. So if you need dates or details on anything like Galentine's or the Bros Land Party, like, uh, you can get all those details on social media as well. That's right. And where we have podcasts. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, next, you know, we kind of flew by announcements because we want to have more of a time to hear from yeah, man, do. Nathan yeah, Legend himself. Give it up. There it is. For yours truly, what? Jacob Holiday. No way. No way. <laughs> sure. Uh, that's a little hot. Oh, huh? I'll take whichever one is easiest for me to. That one's. Pro- It's working just fine. Yeah. All right. Is that better? Can we? We good? We hear, I mean, everyone's going to hear me regardless because I'm loud, but still. I'll put that one down a little. There we go. Oh, I can see everyone's face over there, too. Oh, it's so good to be with my family tonight. Isn't it? Oh, goodness. Well, thank you all so much for coming tonight. How's everyone doing? Oh, dead. Okay, that's good. Cool. How's everyone doing? Wow. All right. Thank you. Goodness. Great. Oh, appreciate. Hey, you know, you know what's up. That's right. All right. Spicy. Uh, we'll see. Well, man, it's so good to be here. I've, I've been waiting for this for a while. The Lord has been putting a lot on my heart for tonight. So I would like to invite you all to in, come on a journey and with exploring Ephesians. All right. So tonight, we're going to be going through a lot of Scripture, okay? A lot, which is great, honestly. But there will be moments where we'll be reading a bunch because it's all one continuous thought, right? So is everyone good with that? One's good? Yeah? Okay, cool. So here's the thing, though. This whole section of Scripture has been so incredibly important to me in my walk with Jesus. So much has happened, in, like, just with my walk with Christ, with some of the things we're going to go over tonight, right? And realizing how much He loves us and what it means to have our identity in Him, right? So we'll be going over our identity in Christ, what we receive in Christ, and how we walk with Christ, right? And I pray that the Lord would help open up all of our hearts and minds tonight to fully understand, to the best of our abilities, I suppose, what is offered in His Gospel, and the salvation, and what it means to be adopted into His family. And I think the best way to do this is going to be to pray what Paul prayed for the Ephesians. So, everyone will bow your head with me. I'm going to pray this over us all. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through a spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, having been firmly rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, And now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, more than all we can ask or imagine, according to His great power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Right on. So the first thing we're going to touch on is the invitation into God's family. Right? So first thing we need to know is that all of us here, every person on this planet and all of creation, has an invitation to come to God's family, to be a part of God's family. So we need to spend some time unpacking this prayer, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, because the the rest of Ephesians actually is a lot, a lot of it's based on this one prayer. So let's go, let's get into it. So first thing we're going to talk about is the Father and the family in His name. So let me give you an example here. How do you know what family someone belongs to? Last name. Boom. 
Exactly. And we get, and where do we get our last names? That's right. We get our last names from our dad. Boom. Two gold stars. That's right. Let's go, Johnny. So, right, for example, my last name is Holiday, right? And I got that name from my father. And he got that name from his father and his father's father and so on and so forth. All the way back to, we can trace it back all the way to the battle with, you know, the movie Braveheart. Yeah, we, we were in there. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's, that, that's a side note, right? Right? Now, here's the thing. Not all of us have a good relationship with our earthly father. Right? That's just the, that's, that's the unfortunate truth. Um, but our Heavenly Father wants to give everyone here a new name, regardless of the names, the name or the names your father called you. We have been given, we have given our, if we have given our lives to Jesus, then we are now in His eternal family. And God is our Father. And He gives us His name. And that makes all those in Christ a child of God. So what does that mean, right? All these things sound kind of Christianese. But what does it actually mean to be a child of God? Well, let's put it this way. If God is our Father, and by Father I mean He's not just our Master. If He was just our Master, then we'd all be servants and slaves, which to be a slave under Him would be pretty great. But He's so much more than that. He's our Father. Right? He's our Father. And that means that we are a part of His family. Which means that you, if you are in Christ, are a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. Which makes each of us here that is in Jesus a prince or a princess in the Kingdom of Heaven. Through Him adopting us in Christ, upon the very moment of salvation, before you did a single good thing in the name of Jesus, you are 100% fully adopted princes and princesses in the kingdom of heaven, a child of the Most High God. So what does it mean to be in God's family? Well, buckle up for this one. This, when I found this truth out, it blew my mind. And I hope it does the same for y'all. So to be a part of God's family does not only mean that we are in His adoptive family of believers. It doesn't only mean that we are in Christ's body or His image bearers. But it's even more than that. So, okay, all the Scripture is going to be up on the screen, so don't feel like you have to flip there. But we're going to, okay, so John 17, 20, and 21. This is part of Jesus' high priestly prayer, the longest recorded prayer we have of Him. And so here we go. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in Me through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as You and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Did you catch it? More clearly than in any other place in Scripture, in the longest recorded prayer of Jesus, he, first of all, He is praying for all who will believe. Which means we get to see Jesus clearly praying for everyone in this room. How sweet is that? And he's not just praying for anything, but two huge things. First of all, that all, everyone in his family would be in unity. right? But even more than that, and this is kind of audacious, this is, this is stuff that people go, is this heresy? It's not. Because it's so crazy good. He invites us to be in communion with the Trinity. That they may be in us. If we are in Christ, and Christ is in the Godhead, that means we have been invited into the relationship, of the, per the perfect relationship of the Godhead. Right? Now, how should that change how we live? Knowing that everything we say, do, think, and give ourselves to doesn't just affect us, it doesn't just affect others. It affects the entirety of the relationship of God. So, right, th th those two words, in Christ, are thrown around a lot, Right? And honestly, if we're not careful, we can really miss what it means. And in one of my all top three favorite books ever, this tiny little nugget of gold, it's called Sit, Walk, Stand by Watchman Nee. My God, if you haven't picked this up, go, go pay the $5.95 on Amazon and go get it. I'm not giving this one away. This one has all my highlights. So, and maybe. Maybe you can borrow it. So here's a quote from Watchman Nee. And this man was in prison when he wrote this. He was in prison for most of the time when he was a pastor. That's, how, that's what the Chinese Christians call seminary. 
So let's get into this. He says, if I put a dollar bill, it's going to be on the screen too. If I put a dollar bill between the pages of a magazine and then burn the magazine, where is the dollar bill? It has gone the same way as the magazine to ashes. Where one goes, the other goes. Their history has become one. But just as effectively, God has put us in Christ. What happened to him happened also to us. All the experiences he met, we too have met in him. Our old man was crucified with him. That body of sin might, so that the body of sin might be done away with. That's so that we should no longer be in bondage to sin, Romans 6.6. 6. That is not an exhortation to struggle. That is history in our history written in Christ before we were born. Do you believe that? It is true. Our crucifixion with Christ is based on a glorious historic fact. Our deliverance from sin is based not on what we can do, nor even on what, it, what God is going to do for us, but what, on, but what He has already done for us in Christ. When that, fought, when that fact dawns upon us, and we rest back upon it, Romans 6.11, then we have found the secret to a holy life. All that Jesus has, that He's done, and all that the Father sees in Him is ours if we are in Christ. With this reality, how should we live? How should we live? That in, in, in spite of the whole fact that no matter how many times we've broken, and I mean shattered God's heart with our sin, we've chosen selfishly instead of selflessly. Every time we've continually turned our back and slapped Him in the face in the middle of the Trinity, He still says, that's my son. That's my daughter. I'm not letting them go. They couldn't go if they tried. He still gives us every opportunity for repentance and for reconciliation and to perfect relationship with Him. Thank you, Jesus. Secondly, we're going to move on a little bit now. We're going to touch on verse 17 in chapter 3. It says, firmly, let's see here. Let me see. Yeah, there we go. And I pray that you, having been firmly rooted and established in love, may be able, together with all the saints, to grasp how long and how wide and how high and how deep is the love of God. Right? This deep love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the full measure of God. Now, do you see this? This is, another, this is another fun one. We're about to nerd out on some linguistics tonight. So, we're going to talk about verb tense. What is this verb tense? Firmly having been, firmly rooted, and established. It's past tense. You're dang right it's past tense. So, let's look really close at this. So this is a verb tense that's mostly in Greek and Latin and a couple other words and a couple other languages. It is occasionally in English, though. It's called the perfect passive participle. That is the having been firmly rooted. And the established one is called the aorist tense, which is far more than just a past tense in Greek. Right? So the, so the pa perfect passive participle describes something that, is, that has fully happened to the subject in the past. Fully happened. And the aorist tense means it is an unchangeable historic fact. So let's read that again. Which means that we have already been firmly rooted and established completely, 100%, unchangeably historically in God's love. It can't be changed. It can't be added to. It can't be taken away from. 100% access. It is unchangeable. And we couldn't earn that kind of love, which means we can't lose that kind of love. We did nothing for God to love us, which means we can do nothing for Him to stop loving us. Thank you, Jesus. Whew! Thank you, Lord. Uh, we are already in the fullness of the height, the width, the breadth, the length. We're in the fullness of God's love immediately upon salvation. You didn't have to do a thing to get it. Because Jesus did it all. All right, now we're going to move on to chapter 4. Everyone good? All right, praise God. All right, we're going to talk about what it means to have unity in God's family. We're going to start with chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Paul says, Therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to live lives worthy of the calling that you have received, with all lowliness and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort 
to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Right? So let's think about this. Paul uses some strong language here for a very good reason. We just got done unpacking a little bit of what this calling is that we have been called to. Right? Which means we are all equally in need of our Savior. We are all in equal position in the Father. I don't care what your title says. I don't care how, much, how many degrees you got. I don't care how long you've been following Jesus or how short you've been following Jesus. We are all equal in Jesus. There is no room for pride. We are called to be lowly or meek, which is another great Greek term, which means that we can be happy and content when we are not in control or getting our way. Ouch. Can't say I, I can't say I live that out every day. But thankfully, Jesus is still working on all of us. So here's the thing. As Christ has been to us, we are to be toward each other. Lest we bring any division or disunity within the body of Christ. Lest we grieve the Godhead any more than we have. Right? Like any good parent, he wants his sons and daughters to be in perfect unity. Serving one another, sharing with one another, loving one another, and taking the other's needs above their own. We are all to be united in this calling. Namely, called to Jesus, to glorifying Him and making Him known, and to enjoy Him forever. Right? We are to all have a singular eye to Jesus. Along, it's just a quick aside in case anyone's wondering, but it said one baptism, right? Let's not, that, that doesn't discount the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What he's talking about is the baptism by water, which is a command from Jesus, whereas the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift from Jesus. I just want to throw that in there. But just remember one thing. At the foot of the cross, the ground is level. None of us are any better or any worse than anybody else who has ever called on the name of Jesus. Anyone who's far from Jesus, you're not better than them. God chose you, and he saved you. You didn't, you didn't do anything. Except put your faith in Him. We are all in equal need and dependency on Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Lord. To Christ alone be the glory. All right. Everyone good still? All right, praise God. Let's, let's keep going. So now we're going to talk about who is the leader of this family. And it seems pretty obvious, but we're going to unpack what this means a little bit more. Verses 7 through 10. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And this is why Scripture says when He ascended on high and gave gifts to His people, notice that it says He ascended. And this clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same One who descended is the One who ascended higher than all the heavens so that He might fill the entire universe with Himself. I just want to ask you one question real quick. How much grace do you need? A lot, right? If you're anything like me, you can ask my wife. I need a lot, right? And she has a lot for me, thankfully. But even more than that, Jesus has more. And you know what's great? You know what it says? Grace that has been given as Christ apportioned it. So verb tense, real quick. What, what verb tense is apportioned in? Past tense. Which means Jesus already knows every bit of grace that you're ever going to need for every mistake you're ever going to make, for every sin you could ever commit, for any possible thing that could ever go wrong. He already has all the grace you need apportioned for it. You don't have to worry if there's enough because it never runs dry. And he already knows you intimately and knows everything you need. Thank you, Jesus. Secondly, oh, our Father. He is so much more than just a Father. He is our conquering King. He is our Savior and our Lord. And He is our conquering King who did not conquer by staying in a cushy, heavenly home, but He came to this hellacious hellhole. Right? He came to this dark, putrefied, nasty, broken, disgusting world and humbled Himself in every possible way to live the perfect life we could not live, to die the death we should have died, right? to, ri to rise from the grave in the promise that all, the, all of those who are in Him will do the same. Once again, He is our conquering King. And I love how Paul puts this in Colossians 2. So Colossians and Ephesians were written at the same time. And you, if you read them back to back, they're like, wow, it's like car carbon copy. Okay, Colossians 2.15. I'm getting on a sidetrack. 
All right, this is what Paul says. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. A public spectacle. He shamed them. He marched them through the street like a conquering king, showing off who he had destroyed. He had conquered without even trying. And by something as seemingly foolish as a cross. Right? He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the devil. He conquered sin. And he has led captivity captive. All that could have captive, all that it could have kept us captive away from him, he took it. And he marched it through the streets while we could all laugh at it. His abundance in vict- and through his abundance and victory, he has given us gifts because we are his people. Just as the kings of old would do when they would win a great victory, gifts would be given to all. So, what kind of gifts? Well, let's see what he gives when we enter his family. Verses 10 through 16. And the same one who descended is the one who descended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. So we're going to focus on verse 10 real quick. The king himself is our primary gift. I mean, I mean it's like, oh yeah, of course that makes sense, but let's let's really get into this some more, okay? So he is filling the universe in every way. And why is that a gift? Why is that a big deal? Well, i got three quick reasons. I'm sure there's more. First one, he fills the entire universe. That means he's always with us. That means he has never and will never leave us or forsake us. We've never been abandoned. We've never been alone. I don't care what your feelings say. Your feelings are not the true test of reality. You have never been alone a day in your life. At your lowest pit, at your highest height, he has been there. And David says this wonderfully in Psalm 139.8. He says, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, behold, you are there. He's always there. He fills the entire universe. Secondly, he is king over all. A-double-L. You know what that word means in the Greek? Same as what it does in English. All. Revelatory. It means everything is under his dominion. Which is why we can hold on to this promise in Scripture in Romans 8.28 when he says that we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His plan and purpose. He's the King over all. Take all your crap, He'll make something beautiful out of it. I promise you, He's done it for me and He keeps doing it. Okay, lastly. This, one, this is our fun one. Okay, you ready? Christ, has alre- Christ is enthroned above it all, and He has already enthroned us alongside Him. What? We're going to go back a little bit in Ephesians right now. Ephesians 1, 20-22, the first part, and, in, and then into chapter 2, verse 6. I put them all together so you, you, get the, you get the thought. It says, God exercised His great power in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He put all things un- under sub- He put all things in subjection under his feet, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Once again, what's the verb tense of seated? Aorist tense, dang right. Past tense, it's, which means, guess what? Once again, we have been seated with Christ. In the heavenly realms, and he's seated above what? All principalities, powers, authorities, every name that could be named. Past tense. Unchangeable fact. And we have been seated alongside him. Past tense. Unchangeable historic fact. You've been crucified with Christ. You're, you Guess what? Currently right now, it's hard to understand, but you are seated with him in the heavenlies right now upon salvation, which means, guess what? You also, as children of God, submitted to your Father, are above all principalities and powers, authorities, all sin, all names that could be named, which means, guess what? You have no lack. You have no fear. Because you have the authority of Christ that he has given you by his blood. If you have an issue with with the enemy, cast him out. You have authority. You have a problem with sin, cast it out. Go to your brothers. You all have authority. We're going to get into that a little bit more in in a little bit. So I'm excited for that. Ooh, so good. He's given us the full weight of his authority and position with the Father in totality. We are seated with him in Christ. Whenever you start getting anxious about have-nots, just go, go read Ephesians. It'll, it'll set you straight. All right, secondly, what's, the other, what's another gift he gives us? He gives us the gift of a mature and loving family. Not all of us get that. Most of us don't. 
Verses 11 and 12. Christ Himself gave the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors' teachers. The responsibility is to equip God's people for the work of the ministry and to build up the church, the body of Christ. We have much to live up to if we're going to honor our Father. With how, if we have any idea of what He's given us upon saving us. We have a lot to live up to. But we know what's great? We're to be in unity, which means we're not alone. He has given us incredible brothers and sisters in the Lord that have walked this walk and have made a lot of mistakes so that way you, hopefully, don't have to. Right? Therefore, in His mercy, He's given us these things so that way we, that way we may be brought to complete maturity in Christ. In the fullness of Christ on this earth to prepare us for our heavenly positions in heaven. Did you know that we're going to judge the angels? We're going to rule and reign over them? We got, some, we got some growing to do. So all these positions are meant to prepare us for the work of the ministry. doesn't mean everyone's called into world missions. That's cool if you are. Or called into missions. That means that no matter where you are, your, your main goal is to glorify your Father and to make Him known to those who don't. To make heaven full and to make God's family even fuller. Come on. All right. He, everyone here, the, the church building, all that stuff, it's meant for one goal. To build up the saints for the work of the ministry. The church, the church building is not there to save souls, though souls do get saved in it. It's meant to raise us up. This Chi Alpha service is meant to raise believers up to go do the work of the ministry. You don't need a title of a small group leader. You don't need a title. Of, you don't need a title. If you have a title of son or daughter of God, that's all you need. If you need more than that, you need to take that up with the Lord because you need to repent. So, go do the ministry. And if you have problems or questions, we got it together. You're not in this alone. You never will be unless you choose to be. We are all called to find, feed, and fight for God's last lambs and to glorify and make the king, our father, known throughout his entire earthly kingdom. All right? So now another one. This is another fun one. Get, he has given us the gift of the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. How? And why? Verses 13 through 16. This will continue until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children and infants. We won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So how can I possibly come to the fullness of the measure of Christ? Well, you already have it. Right? We just talked about it. The truth is, is that upon salvation, we have 100% access to the entirety, the fullness of Christ and His love. But secondly, and possibly more practically for some of us, we must be in unity with the body of Christ. This does not mean one denomination. It simply means that there is no divisions, no bitterness, no dissension, no gossip, none of that between us and our true brothers and sisters in the Lord. If there is, we will make that right tonight. Thirdly, 1 John 3, 2, well, one of my other favorite verses. Whew. Uh, dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him, because we will see Him as He is. So simply put, as we, have already, we already have complete access to Jesus, we must see Him as He really is in order to grow in intimacy with Christ. And then, as we grow in intimacy with Christ, as we see Him as He is, all we got to do to know Jesus more intimately is just to spend time with Him. How, how, how do you become friends with someone? Time spent together. How do you know who Jesus really is? You spend time with Him. That's it. Keeps it simple. The old saying, keep it simple, stupid. Right? Kiss method. It hurts me every time. No. Um, but here's the thing. So do you, does anybody know how, um, how, how the FBI trains its counterfeit task force for spot out fake bills? Okay, Jaden does. That's good. I got one. So, here, so roughly speaking, let's say 
I was, I was having a hard time finding the exact numbers on this, but let's say, for example, FBI, right? They're training their terrorism task force. It takes a year. About nine or ten months of that year is just them interacting and, and, and feeling, touching, smelling, possibly tasting, you know, knowing in, in and out what the money is supposed to be. They are well acquainted with the real thing. So that later on in the course, when they start entering in fake bills, boom, immediately they can pick it out because they know the real thing so well. And that is the goal of being intimate with Jesus as well. Just as the FBI can can spot a fake because they know the real thing, when all these false doctrines, this weird theology, all this stuff that's not in the Bible, all this heresy and all this garbage comes in, you'll be able to pick it out clear as day because you know the real thing because you've spent time with Jesus. That's simple. All right, we're going to start picking it up a little bit. Okay, so what needs to go in order to be in God's family? This next part. We're going to talk about 17 through 19. So, with the Lord's authority, I say that you must no longer live as Gentiles unbelievers do. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. First thing, I'm going to share with you guys a lie that the church has bought that I used to buy as well. Right? And that is that in order to reach the world, we should show the world that Christians aren't that different. I'm sorry, that is the opposite of holiness, which means to be set apart. How can we, who have been anointed and adopted into God's family, into the King's family, in righteousness and holiness, completely spotless, go and lock arms and partner ourselves with people who clearly live to hurt our Father and to destroy His kingdom? We are called to bring them home. We are called to bring them to God. We are not called to leave God to go to them. We are to bring them to Him. So do not buy that lie. All right, next one, the image of God. Right? So, we're gonna, so in Genesis 1.26 we see, right, God says, and God, let us make man in our own image. And man and female, they created him. Right? We are created in God's image. So I just want to touch on this. Every time we give ourselves to sin, we slap that image in the face. Right? Every time we give ourselves over to it, what does it say right there in the Scripture? It makes us numb, ignorant, darkened in our understanding, separated from God, hardened of heart, right? And then we lose all sensitivity so that we're always chasing for more because we're trying to fix a high that we can't find because we're numb. And the more we sin, the more numb we become. And I know because I've been there. As a Christian, completely given over to sin and numb. And the only thing I could pray was, God, I just want to want to feel something. And he answered it. And I'm here today because he didn't give up on me. And I know he won't give up on you. Do not exchange the image of God for that of a ravenous beast given over to just completely indulge in whatever its desires are. You're a child of God. Act like it. You're a child of God. Act like it. So what if a Christian is struggling with sin? Well, let me tell you from experience, the key word here is struggle. You're not given over to it. It means every time you do it, you hate it. You don't want to do it. It's like Paul says in Romans 7, I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I do want to do. I'm at war with myself. But at least you're at war. You're not given over to it. You, if, if the Holy Spirit wasn't working on you, convicting you, the Father wasn't working on you, guess what? You'd love to do it. You wouldn't. You think you'd care? No. Remember your old self. I do. I loved it. That's why I did it. But if you're struggling... Oh, God's still working. Don't you worry about that. But you know that the secret to deliverance of sin is? This is once again in Sit, Walk, Stand. It's a one-liner that is packed. Watchman Nee says, The secret to deliverance from sin is not in doing something, but in resting in what God has already done. Are you struggling? Stop. Just rest with your Father. He makes it simple. 
So let's, let's, let's have a little illustration here to help paint this picture about what has been done. Right? So let's, let's, let's consider this. So you are royalty. In your heavenly garbs, not a stain, not a spot, not a blemish, not a wrinkle. Completely made pure and holy by God in Christ. And then, all of a sudden, this disgusting, smelly thing comes up out of the sewer. We'll call him the sewer man. (sighs) Call him the sewer man. He comes up to you. His old Greg. And just like old Greg, Satan just goes, do you love me? Right? And guess what? In your heavenly garbs, completely clean, this comes up to you and is like, hey, you want to come down to the sewer? Hey, I, uh, I, got, I got some fun stuff down there. Right? Hey, uh, you, 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 want, you, want, you want to go get drunk? You want to party? You want to get high? Oh, you want to sleep around? Oh, I got stuff down there you can sleep around with. You go right ahead. Whatever you want. You can have whatever you like. And think about it. You can smell him. Like, look at that. Like, I know it. I, he can't smell good. Except this one is even worse because Satan, in the kingdom of God, he rules the sewers. He is the sewer man. He is the sewer man. And w- how stupid is it that a child of God, a prince or a princess, would listen to a sewer man? Think about it. You're like, you know, look at how clean you are and how great you are. And all of a sudden that comes up to you. You're like, hey, you want to go do something? You're like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll go, I'll go. Let me go swim around in some poop. Let me go back to where I came from. Right? Because the fact of the matter is, that used to be your master. He used to be my master. The sewer man. Satan. Right? And, every, and here's the thing. Upon salvation, here, we see this in, in Colossians 13, 1.13-14. It says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and translated and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have the redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And that word brought us or translated means all at once. Instantaneously upon salvation, you go from the kingdom of the sewer with old Greg, the sewer man, into the kingdom of heaven and the father. Completely all at once. And every now and then our old master will whisper something to us and for some stupid reason we listen. But has that changed your position and what kingdom you're in? No. You're still in God's kingdom. And he's still working. And your old master is going to hell. That's, that's his destiny. It's not yours if you're in Christ. So act like it and walk in the authority and the freedom that you have in Jesus. And I know that there's more I want to get into with this because it's done so much for me. But here, here's a few scriptures you can study and meditate on to just help in the midst of this when, when all this stuff comes up. John 8.36, Philippians 1.6, 1 John 1.9, and Hebrews 12.2. We're not going to get into it, but you can use those for, for ammunition and a weapon for the sword of the Spirit. All right, here we go. Everyone still good? All right, all right, here we go. All right, we've got a little bit more. So what, what, what do we become when we enter God's family? 20, verses 20 through 24. You, however, did not come to know Christ in that way. Surely you heard of Him and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. To be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So very practically and simply, how do we put off the old man and put on the new man? I'll be honest, we make it really way too complicated. God is so big and strong and powerful and mighty, he can make the most complicated things incredibly simple. That's how he shows his power. So we're, I'm, gonna talk, I'm just going to touch on two verses. Colossians 3.10 first says, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, little parts of it, said, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the one who started it, and he is the one who is perfecting it, not you. So what does it say? 
Well, very clearly, that as we get to know Jesus more in greater intimacy, he changes our thoughts. And we grow more like him just by spending time with him. We touched on this earlier. And we do this all by just keeping our eyes on him. It's that simple. Because here's the thing. When God gets a hold of our minds, everything else changes. Because our thoughts lead to our actions. And our actions lead to our habits. And our habits lead to our character. And our character leads to our destiny. It all starts with our thoughts. If we can give Jesus our thought life, if we can saturate and baptize our mind in Christ and His Word, everything else will follow suit. Incredibly simple. But if we are not spending intimate time with Jesus in His Word and prayer, we cannot be transformed into His image. If we love Him, we will prioritize time with Him. i got to tell you, when I started dating Callie, I was long distance, so I prioritized time because I cared and I loved her. And I still do. And I still make time. So if you, love, if you say you love Jesus, then make time. Because he's always making time for you. Will the praise team please come back up? All right, here's the last point. How do we represent our Father? Verses four, chapter 4, 25 through 5, verse 2. Therefore, each of us must put off falsehood and speak truthfully, to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. And do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. As I said before, my earthly identity comes from my earthly father, the name that he has given me. But I know that there are many here that have an earthly father that may have given you a different identity. An identity that comes with attachments of pain and of hurt and of shame and so much more. Trauma, maybe. But we know that our Heavenly Father gives us a new identity in His love, with His name, in His position, in His authority, firmly rooted and established. Unchangeable. You are secure in Christ if you are in Christ. And if you can rest in that, there's nothing you can't overcome. Remember, he is always in control. And everything he does is good. We no longer have to own that past as our identity any longer. If we are in Christ, he has given us a new identity. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I love it. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things. Once again, A-double-L. All things have become new. Tonight, we've gone over just a portion of what this calling is that we have received in Christ. And I will ask us all, are we representing our Father well? Have we lived up to the calling that that we have received from Him? If not... Our gracious Father invites us to return and to repent. It's just a simple way of saying, come back to me, I love you. Now, I, want to, I also want to put this out there. Luke 15, 7, 7 says that there is a party in heaven, and a joy that's inconceivable that goes on when just one sinner gives their life to their Father and repents and turns back to Him. 
I want to invite you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to recommit your life to Jesus tonight, then allow us to join with heaven in joy and parties and exaltations, right? And if you want to give your life to Jesus or recommit to him, I encourage you to stand up in front of all of us so that we can celebrate with you. With every eye open and every head up, is there anyone who wants to give their life or recommit their life to Jesus tonight? To be a part of the family of God. That's right, baby. Come on. Come on, baby. Woo! Anybody else? Anybody else? Well, thank you, Jesus. Welcome back, bro. Love you. Oh. And for the Christians and the, and the recommitted, let there be unity in the family of God. So if you need to forgive anybody, especially if they're here in this room, if you need to ask forgiveness for anybody, do not leave this room. Do not let the sun set on your anger. This room, do not leave this place until you've been reconciled with your brother or sister. Glorify your Father who loves you, and you reunify the body. Reunify his family. And honestly, if you just need prayer for anything else, there's a lot. We're all going through a lot, and our Father, he's got, a, he's got all the grace appointed. So let us pray together. If you need prayer, I'll invite some of the staff to come up here and we can just pray with y'all. If you got a small group leader, if you want to pray with someone, just pray. And let's seek the Father. You're in His family. And we love you. Come and pray. Lord, we love you. Oh, God, and we thank you so much for saving us. For bringing us home into your family. For never letting us go. We love you, Jesus. Please help us to glorify you, to make you known, and to act in the authority and the position and the love that comes from being your child. Jesus. For more information, please visit xaunc.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at xaunc, and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.